Welcome to the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay. This is your positive path for spiritual living. I'm going to talk to you today about the divine invitation. Your divine invitation, get dressed for the party. And I'd like to reference Matthew twenty-two fourteen, where it says, many are called, but few are chosen. How many of you have heard that scripture before? Well, I used to hear that when I was a little girl all the time. My dad was a Baptist minister, and that was his favorite scripture. And by the time I really started paying attention to it, I was about 14 or 15 years old, and it was around that time that I also started experimenting with drugs. Marijuana. My dad used to call it marijuana. <laughs> and I would just have smoked a little pot with some friends, and I'm trying to sneak in the house so my parents can't see my eyes, and my dad would, like, bust me. He'd be like, many are called, but few are chosen. Are you one of the chosen one, baby? And I'm like trying to like not look cross-eyed. I'm like, yes, I am one of the chosen ones, daddy. And I meant it. I meant that I really wanted to be one. But that just my natural way of growing and experimenting and being felt like a sin all the time. And even though I said yes to my dad that I'm one of the chosen ones, my beliefs did not match my words. I didn't feel worthy enough to be a chosen one. And now I know it was just because I was human and trying to live up to someone else's limited perception of perfection but at that time, I thought I was bad, and doubly bad because I'm the minister's daughter. But I was going to try to be perfect. I wasn't going to give up. And every single day, I'd, I'd make a new resolution to be perfect. And I'd hold my breath, and I wouldn't say anything, and I'd be still for about 40 seconds. I got all the way up to 40 seconds every time. That must be my lucky number or something. Because, like, after really trying for those 40 seconds, somebody would say something to make me mad. And I'd have to start saying a couple of those words that the Baptists aren't allowed to say. Or I'd get together with my friends again. Not because I was addicted to marijuana, but because I was addicted to belonging. To whoever said, welcome to me. But I kept trying to be perfect. I kept trying to get in to the kingdom of heaven as it was explained to me back in those days. I kept trying to be a chosen one. And I'd get up to those 40 seconds again. And then a visiting church would come to worship with us along with a busload of cute boys. What is a 15-year-old supposed to do with a busload of cute boys? And you're the... PK's kid, right? So I did my welcoming duty. 
And I invited one of them behind the church to smoke a cigarette. Because many are called, but few are chosen. Can I get an amen? <laughs> and then, when I got pregnant at 16 years old, all hope was gone of ever being a cherished, favored, or chosen one by even God. And I was ashamed. And I lived with that shame for a lot of years. Jesus talks about many are called, but few are chosen in the parable where he spoke about the king who had invited, sent his servants out into the roads and townships and all of that to invite special guests to the wedding feast he was hosting for his son. And in this parable, it says that the guest refused the invitation. They were busy, they made excuses, all sorts of reasons. They couldn't come, they couldn't come to the feast. And when this was reported back to the king, the king ordered his servants, go out into every township on every corner and invite everyone to the feast. Invite everyone to the banquet. Not just the elite and the educated, everyone is invited to partake of the feast. And on the day of the banquet, the, the king looked around the, the hall and he was very pleased because it was filled to overflowing with guests. But he noticed one guest in particular who was improperly attired for this prestigious occasion. He stood out like a sore thumb and the, and the king approached him and said, what up with that? Why aren't you dressed for the party? Why aren't you dressed for the feast that you had been invited to? And the guest was speechless. He had no words for the king. And so the king ordered his servants to kick this person out, bind him hand and foot, where there would be much weeping and gnashing of the teeth. Now, as a little girl, the way that was interpreted for me, the way that was translated for me, was, I'm going to hell. And there's going to be a lot of weeping and gnashing of the teeth. But I had to make a decision one day. I had to make a decision to save my life, to allow a power greater than myself to save my life. And I had to make a decision that as much as I adored my daddy, you're looking at a girl here right now who adores her daddy. Can you see that? That's all I adore my daddy. He made his transition over 40 years ago, and we are so tight. It's like he's with, he might be standing right here right now, right? I adore my daddy. But there came a time when I had to make a decision to leave my daddy's God behind. I had to make a decision. And it was scary breaking away from what I had been conditioned to believe all of my life. But I had to make a decision to find a God of my own understanding. Yes? 
And in this understanding, what was revealed to me is that God, the universe, the infinite, the divine Holy Spirit, the infinite, is omnipotent. Omnipotent, meaning all power, meaning there is no otherness, there is no else, there's nothing else. There is God. And that it is infinite wisdom, transcendent knowledge, divine intelligence. And it is everywhere present, right here, right now, right where you are, right now, nearer than your hands and your feet, closer than your breath. And it is from that opening, that awakening to the very nature of God, individualized as me, individualized as you, that it is impossible that God, life, does not have the capacity to favor you and disown you. That's a man-made thing. That's a human-made thing. God does not have attitudes and it doesn't change its mind. It doesn't have menopause. It doesn't have hormonal problems. It's just God. It's just love. And if that is the case, everyone is wanted. Everyone is called and chosen all of the time. Everyone is needed to express invisible form, this invisible something that said, if you will not express me, I will find a rock to call out my name. Huh? We are all welcomed. We are all wanted. We are all special. Even the 16-year-old pregnant girls. We are all called, but we get scared, don't we? We get scared when we get that invitation. Uh-oh, something's about to change. Uh-oh, I got to let go of something that's familiar to me. What if this happens? What if that happens? Okay, well, not right now. I can't accept that invitation right now. Number one addiction, not feeling safe. And I remember 35 years ago when I received three invitations. We're going to talk about three invitations today. The ivory invitation, the pink invitation, and the red invitation. I received an ivory invitation about 35 years ago. I was deeply into drug addiction, crack addiction, deeply into that life. And I remember receiving the white, the ivory invitation that said, that read, Esther, you are cordially invited to the feast of your true identity, to the feast of worthiness and wholeness, the feast of your own dignity, the feast of standing in your true power, the feast of self-love. I looked at that invitation, and those words seemed foreign to me because I just didn't think that way. I was always thinking about how I was going to get through the next hustle, the next struggle. How many of you can relate to that where you, you don't even have time to think how amazing you are because you're always trying to think of your next survival move, right? So I looked at that invitation and that just seemed too good to be true. Plus, if I had to give up my drugs in order to accept this invitation, well, the invitation's going in the trash. So I threw that invitation in the trash, the ivory invitation. I'm telling you, it came very gently, 
very lovingly, and that's what the ivory imitation does. It comes as insight. It comes as a, a, a glimpse of what's possible, or it comes as the divine discontent. So I threw that ivory invitation in the trash, and a little while later, the pink invitation came. Now, the pink invitation shows up with a lot of chaos, a lot of overwhelm, a lot of anxiety, a lot of indecision, a lot of confusion, and things are just getting, going from bad to worse. How many of you have had that experience before? The pink invitation, because you didn't listen to the gentle nudge of the ivory invitation. Let me tell you something before I go more deeply into the pink invitation. Your feast, your good, who you really are, it's going to haunt you and chase you down until you say yes to the invitation to the truth of your beingness. You know why? Because it's the truth of your beingness. And so the universe, if it you know, had words, it's, it, it, it could, would probably say, boo, we can do this throughout eternity. I'm cool. <laughs> I'm not in a rush. I just am. But you can do this loop for as long as you need to. Right? So that's what I just wanted to say as a little aside about the invitations. So the pink invitation is just like everything's falling apart. And this particular invitation read, Esther, it is highly suggested <laughs> that you come to your party. Okay? And, oh my God, I was such a mess. Everything was falling apart. But you know how we are. I don't think I'm alone in this. I still had some control issues. I still wanted to hold on. I still wanted to figure it out. I still wanted to fix it. How many of y'all, can you say amen? I still, I still thought I could fix it my way. I could still have it my way. And that's the pink invitation. It just gets worse and worse. Things are cray-cray. But you hang out there for a little while longer, and you start blaming other people <laughs> for your cray-cray. <laughs> and then the red invitation came to my door. This time, it came with my family knocking on my door to remove my seven-year-old daughter from an unfit environment. And I looked at that invitation and my daughter holding onto my leg saying, please don't let them take me. And there was nothing I could do because why? I was a very wounded, unfit mother. They were right. But I looked at that. I looked at my daughter and I looked at all of the other experiences that had led up to that moment. And I was done. I'd hit the bottom that I needed to hit, which we'll talk about in a, in a few moments. I hit the bottom that I needed to hit to say, okay, I'm really scared. I don't think I can do this, but I have no place else to go. I have to say yes to this invitation. But I have nothing to wear to my party. I have nothing to get properly dressed in for my party. 
What am I going to wear to this prestigious event of the feast that has been created and established for me in the beginning? And I heard spirits say, oh, boo, you got something to wear. Look in your closet. And in my closet hung this red, raggedy dress. But it was a designer dress. And the designer of this particular dress was called willingness. And I slipped my dress of willingness over my body. And there were some raggedy, turned-over shoes at the bottom of the closet. But they were designer shoes. And the designer of these shoes was called humility. And so I slipped on my shoes of humility and my dress of willingness. And the heavens that had been there all the time, which is a state of consciousness, revealed itself. Prove me now. Prove me now. You just be willing. You just be open. It is the Father within us that does the work. And that's like Chris was talking about. Can you imagine that the most powerful thing you will ever do is be still? Do nothing. Ernest Holmes says, founder of religious science said, he who can most perfectly practice inaction, to him all things are possible. Now, inaction doesn't mean zoning out on Netflix all day. <laughs> inaction doesn't mean zoning out on CNN or whatever it is that you zone out on. That's not stillness. Be still. And know that I am God. So, that was my ivory, pink, and red invitation. So I want you to take a few seconds right now, and I want you to contemplate and be so lovingly compassionate and humble with yourself. Where are those invitations showing up in your life? Where are you getting that gentle nudge to do something about your health? Where are you getting that gentle nudge that something is changing in your relationship? Where are you getting that gentle nudge to create your own business and to, and to, 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 to move in the direction of the dream that you know you have in your heart? Where, where is that what, uh, ivory invitation showing up for you in your life? Or is it pink? Where, I am just, where you are just feeling lost and crazy and all over the place? Where has the red invitation shown up? Will you know in your heart? This is the breaking point. This is my edge. I have never felt more disconnected in my life. So the ivory invitation shows up as this gentle nudge. It shows up as inspiration. Or it shows up as discontent. But it's all for your good. And how wonderful would it be if we could start getting dressed in preparation for what's seeking to emerge through you from this place, the ivory invitation. But no! We're scared of that ivory invitation. We're scared of what that means. So we put it in the trash, and then we go on with life thinking we're running the show. And then we receive the pink invitation. Now you're getting confused, getting overwhelmed, getting really scared. Things are falling apart. You don't know what to do. It doesn't mean to make any impulsive moves from this place of desperation and fear. Because if you make a decision from desperation and fear, what, is, what's, what are the results going to be? 
not a good day, right? So in the ivory invitation, my guidance to you is to become, number one, become curious. What does this mean? What is my spirit trying to tell me? Start doing the life visioning process of going within and asking spirit's highest vision for your life and how must you transform to be in alignment with it. That's when the ivory invitation comes. You're getting dressed. You're doing the work so that you can be the opening of this amazing gift of you to reveal itself. The pink invitation, don't make any sudden moves. But the suggestion that I can give you is stop fighting. Release the resistance. Release the blaming and shaming of yourself and others. And get clear about what is this gift that is trying so hard to express through you. And then the red invitation that feels like the dark night of the soul. It feels as if nothing will ever be okay ever again. I promise you it will. The red invitation has come with three gifts. The first gift is your surrender because you'll keep fighting and keep fighting until you realize that you have nothing left to fight with. The second gift is you'll finally realize, okay, this bottom that I've hit has come to bring me a gift and to wake me up. I don't know what it is yet, but I know that it has come for my good. And then the third thing, the third gift is you won't even want the pain to go away until you've received the gift that it's come to bring you. Wow, isn't that deep? I don't even want this pain to go away until I have received the gift that it has come to bring me. Because you know what? I'm starting to feel such a sense of worthiness and connectedness and love that I've made a decision that I don't have to learn my lessons on the floor in the fetal position anymore. Woo! What if you don't have to receive your gift from the dark night of the soul? Once you have awakened to the feast that is being hosted by you, for you, from the Most High, that is filled with such love. What if you can get your next lesson or your next gift from such a place of self-awareness and inspiration and love? That's how it's really, that's really possible. That's really possible. So I invite you to consider that to just even just inquire into that. Could I really go to this next level of my life without pain and crisis? Just take that in for a moment. So I invite you, wherever you're at, whether it's the ivory invitation, the pink invitation, or the red invitation, I invite you, start getting dressed so that you become a vibrational match for the gift that is already given. Get dressed in prayer, in meditation, in forgiveness, in surrender, in curiosity, in self-love and self-compassion, in releasing blame and shame. Get dressed. And you'll wake up at your own party that a part of you thought was impossible, 
but it has always been possible. It has always been done. And now it can, you can be a channel of it because you have gotten dressed in consciousness and you're in alignment with it. Let's get dressed and do this thing and party hard in your magnificence. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Thank you. Wow, Esther. Wow. You brought it. It's been brought. How do you guys feel? You are in the presence of broughtness. Wait, broughtness is not even a word. Broughtness. I just make up stuff, you know. Wasn't that incredible unity on the bay, right? Oh, God. I think me and my girls ran out of ink. We were writing down so many things. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Many are called, but few are chosen. Ah, and we are all chosen. Incredible, incredible, incredible. Lots of you guys know that I'm sober. I've been sober six years, right? And I, oh. I love my little sober gay boys back there that are always, yeah, yeah! <laughs> Even they're happy I stayed sober, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I, got the, I got the ivory invitation. I wasn't ready. I got the pink invitation. I wasn't ready. I had to be down flat on the floor, face down in the dirt to even know that that red invitation came, you know? But you best believe I'm not missing the next invitation, and I'm, I'm showing up in my prom dress, right? Woo! You're incredible. You're wonderful. You are a sober sister. You're a queen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Did you guys love Esther? Didn't you love Esther? You know what, Miss Esther, do you do me, will you do me a favor? Come on up and let the people know about the workshop that you've got. I don't want to miss that opportunity. I want you guys to hear this. Hold on. I want to tell you a couple of things, my family, and uh, I'm going to do it like under 30 seconds, I think. <laughs> all right. First of all, my book, Soul Recovery, which is a powerful, practical curriculum to support you in getting dressed in consciousness one step at a time. And I'll be out in the courtyard ready to sign it for you and give you a, a fist bump or, or something like that, right? That's available, but also I am a soul recovery spiritual and emotional coach. So if anything I said today has moved you or compelled you to see me in a one-on-one -on -one session, of course we're going to do that on uh, Zoom video, you, you have a chance to sign up again at my table and then we'll schedule you for the rest of the week or next week when we can see each other. But I just want to let you know that that's available because here's the thing, getting dressed is not easy. And it's certainly not easy getting dressed alone. So I am here and I'm available to support you on that journey. The workshop that's being hosted by Unity on the Bay that I will be the facilitator is called Solution to the Resolution. And what that basically means is that you were created brilliant. You were created talented and amazing. But how many of you know that but the illusion of procrastination keeps getting in your way? of the greatness that you know that you are? How many of you? Okay, quite a few, and I'm sure quite a few on live streaming. Procrastination is a dis-ease. It is a disease. 
of, it is a symptom of that illusion that you're not safe enough, that you're not worthy enough, that you're not valuable enough to focus and move toward your vision without hesitancy. So in this workshop, we're going to do the work. We're going to do that deep spiritual, emotional tapping and prayer and healing and acknowledging and being willing for it to all be dissolved into the nothingness from which it came. I have some great processes for you, some great experiential, experiential processes of solution to the resolution. And this is going to be on February 16th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. February 16th. 6.30 Eastern Time. Solution to the resolution. Let's get moving. But we've got to get moving inside before we get moving outside. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. You. Thank you, Miss Esther. And you can sign up for her workshop at unityonthebay.org. So look for all that information on there. We are so blessed to belong to the spiritual community, aren't we, Unity on the Bay? We're so blessed. Look at me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay, a spiritual community located in Miami, Florida. Unity on the Bay is supported by the generosity of its community. If you'd like to make a donation or learn more about Unity on the Bay, please visit unityonthebay.org. You can also follow Unity on the Bay on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for even more positive spiritual inspiration. Until next time, thanks for listening and many blessings. Namaste.